Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again, and I am super excited today to have Josh Lawler on. Now, Josh started off his career in, in business and then eventually started to transition into uh, real estate. And a few years ago, he came up with an idea that he's going to share with us on the show. He actually rents his home out in other places as film sites. And it was such an interesting concept when I first heard about this. I had to have him on the show to share. It is one of the neatest concepts and is one of the places that you can turn a dead asset, your home, into an active asset that is generating cash flow. So make sure stay tuned for the show. We will be right back in a second. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again, and I am super excited today because we are going to have a conversation about a movie house rentals. And Josh will clarify all this, but Josh Lawler is on today. He's had a lot of experience starting off in the beginning world, working for somebody else, but transitioning into the real estate world. So Josh, welcome to the show, my friend. Great. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I am super excited to have you on. We had a quick conversation before this, and you guys are going to absolutely love what he's doing, turning what would normally be a dead asset into something that is generating revenue. So Josh, why don't we kick it off? Tell us your story. How did you get to the point where you're at today? Sure. Yeah. So we have to back up a little bit. I didn't jump right into film shoot rentals. I think like a lot of people working in a corporate job was looking for another way right? A, a diff- an alternative. And mm-hmm. of course, read all the read all the books, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? The same, yeah. same catalyst that it is for most people. But it took a while. I think maybe some people, it took me a while to, to take action as well. If I think back, my initial foray into real estate was what I'll call a long-term live-in flip. So okay. my wife and I bought a single family suburban home. It was the classic ugliest house on the block. Okay. <laughs> Kitchen was a time capsule to 1984. And we knew that there was an opportunity, it was a good neighborhood, and we knew that we could fix it up and ideally create some equity. So we ended up doing a pretty major gut renovation hmm. addition, created some nice equity timing. Again, I can't take credit for being super strategic. It was just when we had a second child and we needed more space, but it happened to be right after the financial crisis. So we were able to buy <laughs> at a low. So we had a rising real estate market tailwinds behind us in addition to creating value with the renovation, created a lot of equity. Did a cash out, cash out refinance and home equity line of credit. And that enabled us to have a down payment to start dabbling in long distance single family rentals. I'm in the Northeast and looking around, realized that the market, there were better markets elsewhere in the country. And we ended up investing in some turnkey, just dipping our toes in turnkey single family rentals in the Southeast. So in the Atlanta market and the Jacksonville market, this is probably about seven years ago or so. And 
initially I was very focused on cash flow, running the numbers. Okay, this will cash flow a couple hundred bucks a month. And of course, I'd see the cash flow and then we'd have, oh, needs a roof repair. <laughs> Wipe out all of our gains for the entire year. I said, okay, this isn't really working out as I originally planned, but you look back at what's happened in the real estate market over the past seven years and the appreciation on these. Mm -hmm. We had ultimately picked up about four single family rentals and the appreciation was just phenomenal, right? Yeah. And so again, took advantage of that, cashed out a couple of times actually while interest rates were low. And that gave us, again, some capital to work with. And we were looking around and we said, you know what? We've been through a kind of a renovation on our primary residence in the past. It went mm -hmm. relatively smoothly, created a lot of equity. Let's do it again. So we actually found another fixer upper in our area, planned to do the same thing. And this is 2018. And mm -hmm. the structure that we identified was actually, it was an older structure, a little bit close to the street. So okay. by current setback rules and zoning, it wouldn't have met the standards. But every architect we talked to, like five architects, every architect we talked to said, as long as you don't make it worse, just follow that line. You'll be fine. <laughs> Famous last words. So we got our plans, worked with an addition and renovation. We presented it to our local planning board and they said, yep, can't do this. You exceed the setbacks with the existing structure. And so we looked around and we said, okay, plan B. Help up and move it, guys. <laughs> it, well, exactly. That was our decision, though. It was either yeah. renovate the existing structure, which wasn't really our business plan, or mm -hmm. tear down, rebuild. So yeah. we ended up doing a tear down rebuild, which was oh. not the plan, which didn't surprisingly didn't add as much additional cost as we yeah. would have expected. But it because it was a much it was an older structure, but it did add a lot of additional regulatory requirements like environmental reviews. And mm -hmm. now we had to deal with a lot more water mitigation issues and things like that. But one of the nice side benefits that we did learn from this when you do a teardown, and we had never done a teardown before is you can if you have a local fire department, they're very interested in using a structure that's going to be torn down for training purposes. Nice. And if you get an official appraisal on the structure, you can actually take a nice tax benefit because you can donate your structured house that is going to be torn down to the fire department. You're doing a good thing for your community, right? Helping your local fire department do a training exercise. And you can take a pretty nice tax benefit for the value of the home that you're you're knocking down. Uh, yeah, it was a nice tip that our architect told us about just off the yeah. cuff. He said, oh, by the way, you should talk to your local fire department. They may be interested in this. So we ended up doing a teardown, rebuild, got into the new house. And this is really when, this is how we now land on film shoots because we were in this new house We and there wasn't a lot in it. We hadn't really settled in yet. There was a lot of space and I don't know, we were talking to someone and somehow it came up in conversation. He said, Oh, some people rent their homes for film shoots. So maybe you want to, I think we were maybe complaining about the cost of the renovations. We went over budget, right. things like this. And so we said, oh, okay, that's interesting. Let's look into this. And that's how the real estate journey there takes us from single family rentals. Along the way, we had picked up some small multifamilies as well, two to two to four units. Now I'm just really most excited about film shoot rentals in our primary home. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Now, how does that process work? Yeah, good question. I think it's probably worth, Jeff, just first stepping back and dispelling some myths or yeah. misconceptions that people have around film shoots. And you even said it in the intro, right? You talked about movies. And so when people yeah. hear film shoots, they think feature film, huge set, special effects. But when we're talking about film shoots, it's a catch-all phrase for, and this is the approach that I teach in my course as well, one-day commercial production. So we're talking mm -hmm. either video productions, still photo shoots, et cetera. And we're not really talking about entertainment feature films. We're talking about companies 
mm. that need content. If you think about it, every company out there has got a website that needs refreshing. Every company needs social media presence. They're mm. doing commercials. And the types of guests or paying clients that we have are really run anywhere from big companies that you probably heard of, right? Like we've had Amazon and Lululemon and Zillow come and do shoots right. at our house to had musicians shooting a music video to mm. retailers who specialize in clothes for babies and toddlers and they're refreshing their line and they need a their new season. They want to shoot mm. all of their new lines of products, right? And so it really runs the gamut of if you think of any business that is selling something, right? They need content. Mm -hmm. And so they're nice. looking for a location to shoot their content. So that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about film shoots. And I think it's important to point out that you may also be thinking about, okay, I don't live near LA <laughs> or I don't live near a big city. So that, that's another common misconception. So geographically, again, tied into what I just said, businesses are everywhere across the yeah. country. And we've had, and typically the client, like the owner of a company or the main representative wants to be on site to watch the shoot. Mm -hmm. They typically choose a location that's convenient to them. So you can imagine there are small businesses all across the country. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there's a need for film shoots all across the country. And I've had crews will travel, the client, the business themselves will travel at different times. I've experienced both. Location is really not a deal breaker when it comes to film shoots. It's really open across the country. I think the other big myth that people have is I live in a normal house. Right. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to work. I don't have that nice oceanfront yeah. estate mansion. I think it's important for people to know that all productions have unique requirements. Are there production requirements that say we need to shoot at out in the Hamptons oceanfront? Sure. But most of the time, a shoot is looking for something very specific. And they're not even necessarily looking for your entire house. They may mm -hmm. be just looking for a living room or a master bathroom with a certain look. And if we have time, I'll just share a couple of stories, I think, that illustrate this point nicely. So when we were first starting our film shoot rental journey, we fielded an inquiry from an online platform that connects parents to caretakers. So parents looking for babysitters and nannies and they can okay. search. And so this company was just doing a refresh of their website. That's a pretty typical shoot. They came by to do a scouting visit. That's where the, the director, the producer come by with a couple of people from the crew check out the place, look at the lighting, maybe plan some scenes. They said, okay, we'll give you a call in a couple of days. We're looking at some other locations. They called me up. They said, Josh, we loved your house, but because we want a look that's going to make it look like little kids live in the house and my daughters are a little bit older. Yeah. And they said, yeah, we're basically looking for something that looks a little more cluttered, a little more wear and tear, a little more lived in. And uh, so essentially, you know, they didn't want like- It wasn't messy enough. They didn't want the new house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wanted something like a more just very normal looking house, right? Hmm. So I think that's important to know. And, and just last story on this, we about, let's see, about a year into doing film shoots, unfortunately, we had this plumbing disaster. We had a, a water filter under our kitchen sink that exploded hmm. overnight, flooded our entire first floor. <laughs> we ended up having to demo everything. So I'm talking ripped out the wood floors, the cabinets, the countertops. And of course, during the three or four months it was going to take to repair, I'm fielding film shoot inquiries and I'm responding and saying, geez, I'm really sorry, but we're, we had this issue. We'll be back in business and give me a call in three or four months if you're still interested. Mm. But we had one inquiry that happened to be a startup that built a utility monitoring device. Okay. So these are kind of this something that like 
attaches to your electrical, your gas, we, and we your need water. Pictures. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so these guys were actually excited and they said, oh, yeah, that's okay. And can we shoot in your like under construction area to show people what happens if you're not using this device? So they came, they did a Brilliant. shoot in our basement. And yeah, so it really, any kind of home is, look, any kind of home is okay for, yeah. for film shoots. Anywhere is okay for film shoots. So hopefully that helps to clarify a little bit. That's awesome. What we're talking now, about. Now, do you have to have the place decorated any special way or do they typically come in? All right, we need to move all this stuff around or they bring their own artwork or whatever. Yep. That's a good question. Okay. And it really runs the gamut. So okay. we go from shoots that they barely bring anything. They make do with what you have. Okay. And, you know, like I always joke that our plants have made cameos and a lot of shoots and our yeah. kitchenware. It's, oh, can we borrow, can we borrow this to bigger shoots that will bring, they'll bring a ton of props and they'll tear down your furniture and what I mean, take apart a bed or something and replace yeah. it with whatever they have, but then put everything back at the end of the day as if nothing ever happens. No, you don't need. That's why I always say every shoot is different. So there's no sense in trying to create a home that will be appealing yeah. to film because you don't know yeah. what the requirements are. We've had inquiries from a roofing company that wanted to shoot our roof, didn't even care about the inside. To mm. We had a, a well-known vodka company that wanted to do a tailgating scene in our driveway. Again, mm. like outdoor spaces. So yeah, it really runs the game. I love it. Love it. How do you get started? What's the first steps really on how you get started yeah. doing something like this? Yeah. So I think my recommendation, and that's actually the beauty of, we didn't even touch on kind of the benefits, but one of the beauties of film shoot rentals is you can get started right away. So uh -huh. unlike other, and I mentioned I've been involved in other real estate niches and traditional real estate requires a down payment. If you're getting mm -hmm. financing requires underwriting, you have to search for a property. These things all take time. Film shoot rentals, you're already in your asset, right? You're living in your asset. Yeah. So really the only thing that I recommend, and this is again, from a, even from a cost outlay standpoint, the only additional cost is I recommend professional photos. Okay. okay. Look, if you're a great photographer, you've got a great camera, by all means, go for it. But in most cases, I recommend hiring a professional photographer to take real estate photos. And then once you have your photos, what you want to do is you want to list your home on one of the listing platforms. You can search. There's a ton of different listing platforms out there and they're growing as this becomes... Look, film shoot rentals are still very little known, but they're becoming more popular. And so there are platforms that are popping up that where you can list your home, right? On, and there are a few things to... I'm not going to go through all the platforms, but I think there are a few things that people need to look for in a platform that I'll recommend. First of all, you want to make sure that a platform that you find covers your location. So not all platforms are universal and some are very specific to certain regions. I recommend finding a platform where it's free to list. I've certainly okay. tried pay platforms, but I found that they weren't any better than the free ones. So I recommend just free platforms. You want to find a platform that has pricing transparency. What do I mean by that? You want to be able to list your rate. And we haven't even really talked about the benefits yeah, from a profitability standpoint. I but maybe get to that. Yeah, I figured we'd get to that. But yeah. Yeah. So this, this may be where we talk about that. Again, as someone who has and still participates in more traditional real estate, for anyone familiar with, say, short-term rentals, you know that the same property, and you're familiar with this, right? With your midterm mm -hmm. rental experience. Mid rental. Yeah. So you look at the properties that you own that you use for midterm rentals. You probably look at what's my monthly rent on a term traditional 12-month lease versus mm -hmm. a midterm lease versus a short-term rental lease. You're much more profitable, right? Film shoot rentals, you're actually renting by the hour. So okay. you're putting up a price by the hour. And when you do that, 
just the economics of it, you're charging much higher rates. So just give me an example. I happen to live in a higher cost part of the country. Obviously, real estate is location specific, mm -hmm. depends on where you are. I'm in the Northeast outside of a large city and we rent, our base rate is $600 an hour. Okay. Yeah. And then one of the things I teach is the traditional, what I'll call a professional shoot. All, it's typically an all day shoot. So we're talking like sure. 10, 10 to 12 hours typically. And you can screen for that as well. I can, when we first started, we definitely, we underpriced yeah. and we didn't set. <laughs> yeah. And we're not expecting these. Yeah. I don't want people running in for an hour and then that's it. And they're well, gone. Th that's exactly when we first started. We didn't have any minimum set. We didn't have any yeah. kind of rules. And we were getting all kinds of inquiries for people who said, yeah, I just need it for an hour. I need to need it for an hour and a half. This is what mm. we want to do. And th definitely a red flag guys. I don't recommend that. And it, you, also, you're not optimizing. Most shoots take at least an hour to, to set up and another yeah. hour to, to break put down and, back and put everything back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Again, in my example, so 600 an hour times if it's a 12 hour, 12 hour day, right? Yeah. Which is typically yeah. 7,800 like bucks or so. Yeah. Yeah. Multiply. And look, I think I want to be clear. I don't do this every day. I live in my house and it's got to be a balance. But what I like is I like taking advantage of, and many of your listeners probably heard of the Augusta rule in real estate. In real estate, there, there's a rule kind of the history, it's called the Augusta rule because the history is the mass people living in Augusta, Georgia during the Masters Golf Tournament wanted to yeah. rent their homes to people coming to see the tournament. And they didn't want to pay, wanted to get an exemption from having to pay taxes on that rental income, lobbied Congress and it passed. And as a result, everyone today, at least in the US, you can rent a property for up to 14 days. Again, mm -hmm. not a tax advisor. Consult your tax advisor for your unique situation. But yeah, and not pay taxes. So I actually, yeah. my wife and I have calibrated our pricing such that we don't exceed 14 days per year. We try to come mm -hmm. in like just at 14 days per year. That's like one a month, right? Maybe yeah. some Most shoots are one day. Some, day, some shoots are like two days. And if you're making... 100 grand out of the 14 days that's without mm -hmm. paying taxes that's like 150 grand pre-tax sure it can be quite profitable and back to the how do you get started you want to find a listing platform that allows you to price and the more pricing granularity the better so okay. if you can price not just your hourly base rate but can you have tiered pricing what do i mean by tiered pricing so let's say your base rate is 500 bucks an hour for a smaller shoot of say one to ten people and then can you tier, can you price it so that if you have 11 to 20 people say you're going to, you're going to boost that up to 600, right? So mm. this will allow you to optimize your profitability for your shoots and different platforms have different levels of flexibility there in terms of what you okay. can, what you can list. So yeah, that's how you want to get started. Just take some pictures, get your home up on the platforms. And then uh, the third point I'll mention is just, you want to be aware of local regulation. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's always important. I always recommend that anyone considering this, you always want to be above board. Find out mm -hmm. most municipalities have some sort of film policy. You can talk to, just go online to your local municipality site and kind of search for film policy or give them a call. Most have some sort of film policy and some sort of film permit policy. Don't be afraid of this. Every professional production is totally used to working with the towns. Yeah. And whatever permit fees they have to pay, uh, they're used to it. And if they make a fuss, it's kind of a red flag. And I would recommend mm -hmm. not working with those people. That's awesome. What a cool business to be in. And it's 14 days a year is not a major intrusion on your life. 
and you, you can, can do more. Around. And yeah, and yeah. if you're look, I've got yeah, if you ideas. Don't mind I, paying taxes, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's just up to you in terms of how how far you want to push it. And yeah. uh, the other thing that I mentioned that we haven't really talked about is we've, we're talking about this mostly from the perspective of your own your primary home. But yeah. if you're a, if you're a short term rental investor. This is a great compliment mm -hmm. to put your short-term properties up on for film street rentals as well. Because if you think about most of your Airbnbs that are traditionally booked up on the weekends, long long week, yeah. Friday to Monday, probably don't have as many bookings on say Tuesday to Thursday. But film yeah. street rentals are their businesses, are so during the they, week. Ha yeah. they happen during the week. So it's a way to optimize the value of your property as well. Well, and level out some of that. <laughs> craziness that you can see in the short-term yeah. swings where you hit summer and everything's great and then you get into winter and it's blue. If, you, if you're not in an area where there's a lot of winter sports or whatever, you're up a creek at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, and I will say, I know there's been a lot of, in many locations, there's been changing short-term rental regulations as well. A yeah. lot of municipalities we're hearing about that are limiting or outright banning their short-term rental, changing their policy. Film shoot rentals are different. People aren't staying overnight. It's just for mm -hmm. part of the day. And like I said, most towns do have established film policies, and those are in place to really make sure that everything, people stay safe, that there's not too much disruption, or you're not going to have explosions going off, right? Yeah, no, I think it's it's a great thing for people. Freaking brilliant. I love it. What a cool way of doing it. Once again, yeah. if you're a rich dad, poor dad person, you realize that your house is not an asset, but you can turn it into an asset in this case and use it to generate a revenue stream. Yeah, yeah. And it's just people, it's, there's so little competition, right? People don't know about this very easy, low cost, low risk way to get into it. And like I said, if you're looking to build any kind of whatever you're looking to build, whether it's yeah. other real estate, this is a very quick way to get that down payment. Our first six months, I think we made about 50 grand in <laughs> first months. And this was not, we're not doing shoots every day. This is again, oh. a shoot a month or so. It's a month. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that could be a down payment in certain parts of the country, right? For traditional rentals or it could be a short -term down payment. Rentals. It could be a payoff. Start a business. House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Use it to turn your asset, your asset into a completely mortgage free asset at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great idea. I just absolutely love it. Cool. Let's, yeah. let's transition to the fast five questions here. Ready? Sure. Sure. All right. So you wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, a laptop computer. A place to live and food and clothing. What are you going to do first? Look, I think this question is set up perfectly for film shoot rentals. Take oh. two hundred, take two, <laughs> take two hundred bucks. Hire a professional photographer. Post oh. the pictures on your laptop, and you've got your home. And start renting for <laughs> film shoots. Boom! Yeah, <laughs> and take your wife out to dinner with the other two fifty. There you go. <laughs> cool. All right. So next one. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is I mentioned earlier in the show that the house I'm living in now was going to be a renovation, but we ended up having to do a teardown rebuild. We don't have family in the area where we live to stay with. So we had to find a rental during the construction. Ugh. And it was hard to find a rental that just not a lot of rental stock or the landlords wanted multi-year leases or for whatever reason, just wasn't right. So we ended up having to just look a little bit further afield and we ended up renting a place that was convenient, but officially just outside of our school district by about 100 yards. We didn't think anything of it. We didn't think it would be a big deal. Hey, we're just out of the house while we're doing the construction. Then we're going to move back in. Been in the neighborhood for 15 years. But we got, as a result, we, I'll never forget, we got a few weeks before Thanksgiving, we got a very stern letter from the school district saying, 
it's come to our attention that you're no longer living within the district boundaries, and uh, therefore you're illegally sending your children to the local public school. You got to come in for a meeting. So we looked at it. We said, oh, we'll straighten this out. It's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. They held firm oh, and, yeah. bas- and basically gave us an ultimatum. They said, you've got either your kids have two weeks left in school before we just kick them out, or you can pay tuition, quote unquote, tuition, if you'd like to us and your kids can stay mm. in the local school district. So it was like a school district shakedown and they ended yeah. up extorting us for tens of thousands of dollars. The construction yeah. was going on. So that yeah. was the biggest mistake of not realizing that that could even happen. So make, yeah, that was a hard lesson. Where the boundaries are at that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me laugh because you're still paying property taxes. Oh yeah. For the, whole time. The, the lot you're oh. tearing down, but absolutely. it still doesn't count because. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Oh God, I love school districts. They're just yeah. awesome. Yeah. What's a good book that you'd recommend for our audience? Yeah, I actually got a copy right here. It's called The Book on Advanced Tax Strategies by Mm -hmm. Amanda Hahn. I know people don't always get excited about taxes, but Mm -hmm. maybe if you're a real estate investor, you're interested in. So Amanda Hahn is actually my CPA. I've actually, I was lucky enough, she agreed to participate in the course where I teach film shoot rentals. So I do an interview with her where we deep dive into all of the tax nuances of film shoot rentals. Um, look, I think certainly if you're a real estate investor, check out Amanda's book. But even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you're thinking about real estate, that you can. there's so much to learn and oh. just packed with, even if you think you know something about taxes, I think it's just, you start to look at the world in a different way. You start to see opportunities and it's just, I think it behooves everyone to be smart and understand tax strategy. I love it. Absolutely love it. Cool. What is a tool that you use in your business every day? Yeah, I think that uh, although traditional, maybe it's outdated at this point, but I actually do use Evernote. So Evernote is, I love that app. It's, I don't, I probably don't even use it to its fullest extent. I just constantly putting notes in there and it goes back years. It's just, everything's in one spot. It's easily searchable, all ideas. I love it. Love Evernote. We are brothers from another mother, my yeah. friend, because like, <laughs> it is my baby. It's what I it's what I run my life on. And I don't even use it to its full extent. It can do so many yeah. more things. But just even yeah. you're reading something on the Internet and you can quickly click a thing that puts it into your Evernote so that you can go back and do it later. So, yeah, great yeah. idea. OK, last yeah. question. What is your definition of freedom? Yeah, I think freedom is probably like most people. It's all about time, right? Spending your time the way you want to spend it, with whom you want to spend it, not being tied down to anyone else's schedule. I love it. Absolutely. Cool. What If somebody wants to get a hold of you, I know you teach a course on this. What's the best way? Yeah, people can always just email me directly, josh at filmshootrentals.com or check out the site, filmshootrentals.com, where they can learn more about the course. And if anyone's interested in learning how to get started, I put together this pretty step-by-step course to really walk people through going Mm. from, hey, I don't know anything about film shoots to just get started and start earning money from your home. Beautiful. All right, Josh, thank you so much, my friend. This was very informative, probably the most innovative real estate (laughs) thing I've had on the show in a long time. It's been fun. I really appreciate you sharing it. Yep. Yep. My pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. All right, my friend. Have a good day. And folks, as always, We do these shows for you. So make sure if you like this, hit that like button, share it with somebody that might benefit from it as well. And if you have the chance, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you not, if you aren't already. We do these shows every Tuesday and Thursday. So we will put those out, but we have been putting out a ton, especially on YouTube. 
lately because we're anticipating the Freedom Day book, which will be coming out very soon. So make sure that you do that. We will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 